um, the topic of today. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5, finishing where our, picking up where we left off. So we're going to be looking at verses 8 all the way down to verse 14. And our topic for today, which I'm going to say, and I'm going to say don't, just listen to me, listen to the scriptures. Our topic for today is, are you woke? Oh. Are you woke? W-O-K-E, woke. Most of you guys know that that word means a lot, right? It's a lot in that word, right? Are you woke? That's, that is my question today. Are you woke? Coming out of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 through 14. Again, the question is, are you woke? W-O-K-E. Now, when I say woke, I'm not talking about the term that has become politicized. If you are on the conservative right, wokeness is more of a derogatory term used to describe people who you would probably say who are un-American or maybe even against traditional beliefs and values. I'm not talking about that type of wokeness. I'm also not talking about the original use of the term woke, which was used to describe someone who is socially conscious. Uh, if you remember back in the 1990s, um, woke are conscious people, at least I can say in the African-American community, they would, they would wear like daishikis, right? They would w walk around wearing daishikis and they would, um, they would even listen to, if you remember from the 90s, they had this, this genre of rap called conscious rap, right? Where you had people who were just talking about society and the different ills of society and so the people who would really be into that, they were called conscious. And it was to call somebody conscious was actually more of a positive term. You were saying, man, this person is deep. It was more like they're poetic. They're deep in all, they're thinking on deep things. And so that was one use of the word woke or conscious. Um, you were aware of the ills of society and the structures and the systems that oppress people. That was a term conscious. That's how some communities would use it. But before the word woke became this political uh, cudgel or weapon to bash your opponent or before this word woke became socially cool to describe those who are deep thinkers it was and it is a biblical term to describe those who are spiritually alive those who are living righteously and those who believe in Jesus and wait for his return these people in the scriptures are described as awake they're, they're described as alert versus people who are behaving unrighteously. People who do not know Jesus, these people were described as being asleep. The opposite of being awake or woke. But let's not just take Jerome's word for it, right? Let's not just take my word for it, but let's let the scriptures speak. Let's let the word of God speak. So looking at Ephesians chapter 5, picking up where we left, verse 8 through 14, but I'm going to start in 7. The Apostle Paul says this, Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible 
when they are, ex are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. Verse 14, here comes our wokeness here. For this reason, it says, awake. Here's our wokeness. Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And Christ will shine on you. So as we look at these texts, we're going to start in 14 and kind of wake our, work our way backwards. So let's, let's look at what Paul says here in verse 14, talking about wokeness here. He says, for this reason, it says, awake. Neil, can you give me some tissue right there, son? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, my nose is runny. And I don't want to hear people hear me sniffle all day. Thank you. All right, back in 14. For Paul says this, for this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Well, why does the Apostle Paul say this? Why does he say, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead? Why is he using this type of language? And the question we should be asking, does Paul use this type of language anywhere else? And the, question, the answer is yes. And you will be using your Bible today, right? So turn with me to, verse, uh, to Romans 13, verse 11 through, three, through uh, 13. I want to show you how he uses this word, sleep and awake here. And you'll see how it relates here to Ephesians 5. So turn with me to Romans 13. We'll go back to Ephesians. The question is, is does Paul use this language elsewhere? Or is it unique to the Ephesians? Or is this standard language that Paul is using here? So turn with me to Romans 13, verse 11. And this is the verse here where Paul is telling the Romans about how they ought to live and treat each other. And I want to show you what Paul says here in Romans 13, 11 through 13. He says this, Do this, knowing that, knowing the time, that it is already the hour for you to look. Here goes our word, our wokeness. It is already the hour for you to awaken from what? From sleep. For salvation is nearer to us than when we believe. Verse 12. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and in jealousy. Not in strife and and in jealousy. So what do we see here in Romans 13, 11? Well, we see the word woke and daytime being parallel to Christians behaving properly, putting on the armor of light. They are awake and they are woke, right? And sleep in nighttime in Romans 13 is parallel to deeds of darkness, carousing. It's parallel to drunkenness, sexual promiscuity, to strife, to jealousy, so Paul's point there in Romans 13 is he, he's encouraging the Romans to wake up out of your sleep and behave properly. Walk rightly. Walk properly as saints. Behave and operate as Christians. 
So that is how Paul is using the word woke or awakened there in Romans 13. It's like me coming to the bridge and telling the bridge church, church, we've been lingering and sitting around too long. So it's time for us to wake up and, and get busy and begin walking and following Jesus and being obedient. Like we're talking about going out to different communities and, and adopting uh, communities to, go, to develop relationship for the sake of the gospel. We're saying it's time for us to stop sitting around. It's time for us to move and get action. So that's what Paul is saying there in Romans 13 where he's using the word awaken. He's saying it, it's, it's the time now. You got to wake out of your sleep. Let's wake up. Be woke. And now let's, let's, let's go. We're believers. Let, let's operate. Let's move. And so that's what he's doing there in, in Romans 13. That's how he's using the word awaken or woke. Let me go to another place for you. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 4 through 8. Let's see how he's using it here. All right, 1 Thessalonians, I'm starting verse 4. Look what Paul tells the Thessalonians here. He says, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day would overtake you like a thief. He's, you see, he's using the same metaphor this day and night. He says, for you are all sons of light, just as Paul told the Ephesians, and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. Here goes our verse in 6. So then let us not what? sleep as others do but let us be what alert that is awake in the greek it's to be alert it's to be sober he says let us be alert and sober for those who sleep do their sleeping at night and those who get drunk get drunk at night but since we are of the day let us be sober having put on the blessed plate of faith love and as a helmet the hope of salvation so you see how there paul is using the same metaphor He's using this, this day to represent righteousness, to be awoke, to be alert as righteousness. He's using night as deeds of darkness and living in sin. And Paul is saying, no, we don't sleep like others. We are awake, church. He said, we are work, awake, uh, Thessalonians. We are not sleep. We're not like people walking in darkness, doing sinful deeds. But no, we are up, we are awoke, we are alert, and we are walking and behaving properly. So you see how he's using it there. Now let me take you to one other place. Let's look at Jesus. Go with me to Mark 13. Mark 13, verse 33. Again, I'm trying to lay this out because I know I'm on a touchy subject. And I want to show you, I'm not trying to come at this with a bias or anything. I'm just showing you the biblical precedent for it. Mark 13, verse 33 through 37. Let's look at what Jesus says. And here, Jesus is talking about his return, when he's going to return, and what his disciples should be doing while um, he's gone. He says this in 33. Take heed. Keep on the alert. There goes our word again. For you do not know when, the, when uh, the appointed time will come. It is like a man away on a journey who upon leaving his house and putting his slaves in charge, assigning to each one his task, also commanded the doorkeeper to stay on the alert. Keep seeing this word alert as we've seen in Paul. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening, at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning. In each case, he should come suddenly and find you asleep. So he's contrasting being alert and being asleep. 
What I say to you, I say to all, be on the alert. So again, alert here is the person who's doing, who's waiting for his Lord to come, who's active. And the person asleep is the person that's a sluggard who's just going about his own life. So what I want you to see here is that Jesus uses the woke sleep metaphor. You see the apostle using the, the woke sleep, the night and day metaphor. And there's even, a, I've read a commentary that said even the Essenes, these were a, a Jewish sect, um, a really conservative Jewish sect, but he's, the, the commentator said that they would use this night day metaphor in their writing, which tells me this is how people in first century Israel spoke. They use these metaphors. So when Paul and Jesus are writing, they're not using unfamiliar language to their hearers. So when Paul talks about wokeness and sleep, when Paul talks about day and night, the people are familiar with what they're talking about. So the people are understanding this woke sleep analogy or metaphor that the writers of scriptures use. So when we get back to Ephesians 5, when Paul is saying, stay awake, sleep, or rise from the dead, he's telling the Ephesians that you need to walk rightly. You need to live as Christians. You are no longer asleep, so get up and walk and follow the Lord. Get up and, and be obedient to the, to the Lord. Walk according to his ways. That's how Paul is using that there back in Ephesians. He's telling the, the Christians to be woke, be alert. Don't live like people who are in the night. Don't live like people who don't know Jesus. No, you are of the day. You are of the, you are of the light. So he's calling them to walk in a way that is proper, a way that is pleasing to God. So let me get back there to Ephesians. It's back so he says, awake sleeper. Then he says, rise from the dead. And we already know what rise from the dead means. Remember back in Ephesians chapter 2, where Paul starts off by saying how we were dead in our trespasses and sin. But then because of God's mercy and his great love for which he had us, how God came and made us alive together with Christ. So now that you are alive, now you can begin to walk properly, to live holy, to live according to God's ways. You are awake now. You're no longer dead, but you are alive. You're no longer asleep, but you are awake. That's, that's the same thing that Paul is pointing out here. She's saying, Ephesians, you are awake. This is what I said. This is biblical wokeness, if you will. And then he says here in 14, I'm going to show you the last phrase he says here. And he says, and Christ, back in Ephesians 14, and he says, and Christ will shine on you. Now this verse here where he says, and Christ will shine on you, he seems to be alluding to Malachi 4.2. In Luke chapter 1 verse 78, he also alludes to this verse. But in Malachi 4.2, the writer says this. This is Malachi 4.2. He says that the son of righteousness will rise on those with healing in his wing. He will rise on those people who fear his name, who fear the name of God. And these people are contrasted with the evildoers who are going to receive the wrath of God. So when, when Paul says, and Christ will shine on you, he's talking about the people who are fearing the name of God and living properly and keeping his commandments and behaving the way that God has called his people to. Uh, yeah, sorry. Who do you want to call? You got this, God. <laughs> that was a good one. You good, Scott? 
So back again, back in the Malachi 4.2, he's talking about the people who are behaving properly. These are the one who the son of righteousness is going to raise upon and, and, and provide healing upon these people. It's the people who are fearing God, keeping his commandment. These are the woke people. These are the alert people versus the people who are asleep and only can expect to receive the wrath of God. So in, in this verse, verse 14, Paul is using these verses, all of them, to encourage the Ephesians to walk in a way that is proper to live righteously. So there is biblical precedent for wokeness. That's my point I'm trying to show you. There is biblical precedent for wokeness, for being alert, meaning for being righteous, for loving Jesus, for waiting for his return. That is biblical wokeness. That's why I asked the question, are you woke? Now, there are three main points that I want to pull out from this text to help us understand more about biblical wokeness, right? I just wanted to lay the foundation for us first. The three points that I want to point out is this. The biblical woke person is woke to their identity in Christ. That's the first point, and we'll look at that. The biblical woke person's mind is set on pleasing God. So if you are biblically woke, your mind is set on pleasing God. And then thirdly, the biblically, the biblically work, woke person not only shuns sin and evil in their own lives, but they expose it. So the biblically woke person not only shuns sin and evil in their own lives, but they expose it. Now let's look at the first point. The biblically woke person is woke to their identity. And that is coming from verse 8 in Ephesians 5. Look what Paul says in verse 8, Ephesians 5. He says, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. He says, you were formerly darkness, Ephesians, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. Now, first thing first, do you see what the apostle is doing right here? Do you see what he's doing right here in verse 8? Do you see how he is using his tongue right here in verse 8? He is living out his own teachings from chapter 4 where he tells the Ephesians to let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word which is good for edification, meaning to build up. So what is the apostle doing here? In chapter 5, verse 8, he is using his tongue, he is using his lips to build up the Ephesians by telling them who they are and whose they are. So he's building up the Ephesians by telling them who they are and whose they are. So he says, you were formerly darkness. That's who you used to be, Ephesians. You were formerly a whoremonger, Ephesians. You were formerly a drug addict. You were formerly an alcoholic. You were formerly maybe a liar or a cheater. You were formerly this and you were formerly that. But now he's saying, but now look at you now. You are light. You are light in the Lord. So he acknowledges who they used to be. They used to be darkness. But he says now, he's using the tongue to tell them that now you are light in the Lord. So the apostle is saying here, the people in verse 7 that are trying to get you to use your tongue as a weapon of mass destruction or the people in verse 7 who are trying to tell you to engage in acts that are not pleasing to God. He said, don't partake with them. Why? Because you were formerly darkness and now you are light. So the apostle is telling the Ephesians, just like he did back in Ephesians 4, that's not you anymore. That's why you don't engage with them. That, that's not you anymore. You're no longer darkness. That's why you don't engage with these people that are trying to get you to act a certain way. Why? Because it's not you anymore. 
You're no longer darkness, Ephesians. You are now light. You are a child of light. You are a child of God now. So that's why you don't do those things anymore. That's why you don't do it. See, Paul is being that voice to the Ephesians, and he's reminding them of who they are and whose they are. And guess what? We must be that voice to one another. We must also be that voice to one another. We must remind each other that, nope, that's not you anymore, Sister Paula, or, or nope, that's not you anymore, Brother Craig, or, or no, Oleg, that's not you anymore. You are now children of light. I know that what they said was wrong. I know that situation is bad. I know you want to just go off on them. I know you want to just give them a piece of your mind. I know those feelings and emotion, but guess what? That is not you anymore, my brother or sister. You are now light in the Lord, so live as a child of light. See, we have to be that voice to one another. We have to use our tongue to build up our brother and sister, to edify them, to push them towards holiness and righteousness, just like the Apostle Paul is doing here to the Ephesians. He's telling them, you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. See, Paul is dealing with identity here. You got to know who you are. When you know who you are, it changes everything. You walk with a swag. You, you walk with a confidence when you really know who you are. So church, can you say it? Can you say that I am a child of God? Can you say those words? Can you utter those words? Can you say that I am a child of light? Can you say those words? Can you say that I bring light? I bring darkness, not negativity, but I bring light to the party. I bring light to the barbecue because I am a child of light. Have you ever been to like a party or an event, a joyful occasion? And sorry, Sister Debbie, it just fits. And Debbie Downer shows up, not you. Okay, <laughs> not you, not you. You're at a party, you're at a joyful event, and then Debbie Downer comes and brings all this negativity. No, that's not us. We bring light to the event, right? We are believers. We bring light. We bring joy. We bring Jesus. And here's the thing. The light that people see in us is really not us. The light that they see in us is Jesus. See, Jesus is the plug. We just plug into this outlet, and he shines through us. Brother Scott, I know you, you often say um, you thank me for helping you, but that's not me helping you. This is God shining through me. This is Jesus shining through me and helping me to shine his light and good deeds. It's not me. I am broken. I am a fallen sinner outside of Christ. It is Christ who has made me alive, and he shines his light through me. See, I'm a child of light because I'm plugged into the socket, to the outlet, and I'm just letting my light shine because I'm connected to Jesus, but it's not me. See, I'm just trying to be a child of light. That's it. That's what Paul is saying here. We are children of light. Now, notice what he says after he uses his tongue to build them up, to tell them who they are. He then says, walk as children of light. So the apostle was telling them who they are, whose they are, so that they can live like the person who they are and whose they are, right? He's telling them that for that reason. So he's laying the foundation that this is who you are. So now walk like it. Walk like you are a follower of Jesus. Walk like you are a Christian. Walk and live like you've been born again. Walk like Satan no longer has you bound. You are free. So you live righteously. Live properly. Live woke. <laughs> See, so the woke Christian is aware of who they are. The woke Christian is aware of whose they are. And because of who they are and whose they are, they live their life 
differently. And that is us. We are woke. We are alert. We are alive. And because of that, we live our lives differently. So I pray, my brothers and sisters, that you become woke to your identity of who you are and whose you are. Now, point two. Point two is the mind of the woke Christian. The woke, the woke Christian has a mind that is set on pleasing God. So point two, what we're going to see in this text is that the woke Christian has a mind that is set on pleasing God. This is coming from verse 9 and 10. Look what the word of God says. Paul says in verse 9, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And he says, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. So I'm going to read it back over from verse 8 on down so you see the full context. He says, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And he provides a little parenthesis and some commentary here. And he says, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. So the mind of a Christian, he says, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord or trying to discern what pleases God, which tells us that the mind of a woke Christian is always trying to ascertain or understand, are my actions pleasing to the Lord? Does the way that I speak please God? Do, the, do my actions, God, bring you glory? See, the, the mind of the woke Christian is always thinking about the pleasure and glory of God. He's always trying to discern what is pleasing to God. He, 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 he filters all of his actions through, will this bring God the most glory? Will this be pleasing to my Lord? See, that is the mind of the woke Christian. Paul says you're, they're, they're trying to discern and understand the will of God. That is what they want to know. They, they want to know that are my actions or the things that I do, are they bringing God pleasure? That is the woke mind. The woke mind is concerned about the pleasure of God. My actions, my thoughts, my mind. Is this pleasing to you, God? That is the woke Christian. He's concerned about the pleasure of God. He's concerned about the glory of God. He, that, that's on their mind. That's the woke Christian, Paul says, that they're trying to learn, they're trying to discern and understand what is, the, what is pleasing to the Lord. This, this week, I was listening to an interview. And uh, I was listening to an interview with this former Christian who walked away from the faith. Uh, this guy spent 30 years in ministry. 30 years in ministry, 30 years in ministry, hundreds and thousands of people have come to faith through the ministry that he was a part of. This guy was an urban apologetic, apologist, evangelist. He has a pedigree, he has a MDiv, I think, from Westminster Seminary. I mean, this is, I mean, he, he, he seems to be the dude on the outside, right? But now after 37 years in ministry, he no longer believes in Jesus. He no longer believes that the Bible is the inspired word of God. And as I'm listening to his interview, he said something that really stood out to me. He said that he was tired of having to filter his thoughts through the mind of God. See, he didn't want to think about what does God think about this matter. He, he didn't want to think about is this pleasing to God? He just wanted his own mind. He did not want the filter. He did not want the filter of, man, are these actions, are my thoughts, are they pleasing to God? He just wanted his own mind. He didn't want to deal with what is pleasing to God. He, he didn't want to deal with if, if God is okay with this action. He said, I just got tired of 
like trying to filter my thoughts through the, the mind of God. He's like, I didn't want to do that anymore. I just wanted my own mind. But the woke Christian, we want the filter. We, we want to know if our actions are pleasing to the Lord. We, we want to know if the things that I do give God glory. Why? Because the Lord is the one who has set us free from sin. And, and the Lord is the one who, when, when Satan and sin had us bound, he came and set us free. And, and the Lord is the one that gave us this new life. And the Lord is the one when, when we were in pain or when we were lonely. And he came and he brought healing and he brought friendship and he brought love. And so the Lord was the one who did all those things. And so we just want to live for the pleasure of God. We want the filter. We want to know that our actions are bringing glory to God. We want to know that our actions actions in our tongue are pleasing to the Lord. We See, the woke Christian wants to filter. He, he wants to filter all of his actions to, will this please God? He is not like my former brother who says, I don't want to filter anymore. Oh, the woke Christian, the Christian who has been saved, the Christian that know that Jesus has saved his life, the Christian that knows that I was really bound to sin and Satan, there was no life in me, I was in depression, and God came and set me free. That believer, that woke Christian, he wants to filter. He wants, or she wants to live for the glory of God. I remember sitting in my apartment, just being down and depressed, contemplating what's the point of life, what's, what's the purpose, what am I even doing here? But then I remember when the Son of Righteousness rose on me, and he began to give me purpose. He began to give me life. And he opened my eyes and everything changed. And some of you, you remember your life. You remember your past. You remember when the sun of righteousness rolls on you. You remember when you just thought about throwing in the towel. You were ready to give up on life. You were just done with it. And, and Christ came through and he opened your eyes and he opened your heart and he changed everything. You remember when the sun of righteousness rolls on you. So you, like me and like so many other woke Christians, we want this filter we want to live for the pleasure of God. We want to live for the glory of God. We want the filter. The woke person wants the filter. They want to produce the fruit of the light, as Paul says, which consists in goodness, righteousness, and truth. We want to do that. So the woke person, the woke person desires to be meek because God, because it is good, righteous, and truth and brings pleasure to the Lord since Jesus says that blessed are the meek. See, Paul says that the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And the woke believer, the believer that is alert, they want to produce this fruit. They want to do things that, are, that consist in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Why? Because it brings pleasure to, the God. So, to God. So the woke Christian, the woke person wants to be merciful. Why? Because it brings pleasure to the Lord and it is good, righteous, and truth since Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, right? The, the woke or alert Christian wants to love the neighbor as himself because it is good, righteous, and true. See, the, the woke believer, the woke Christian wants to love their wife as Christ loved the church because it is good, righteous, and true. They want to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Why? Because it is good, righteous, and true, and it brings pleasure to the Lord. See, the, the woke believer wants to love their neighbor as himself. Why? Because it is good, righteous, and true, and it brings pleasure to the Lord. This is the woke person. This is the woke Christian. This person thinks about what they're thinking about. They think about, are my thoughts, are my actions, is my heart, are all the things I'm doing, will they bring pleasure to the Lord? They want to produce the fruit of the light that Paul talks about here in verse 9. So what consumes your mind, believer? Do you have the God filter in you? 
Do you have the filter where you're looking at all your actions, all your thoughts to determine, man, what will please the Lord? What is pleasing to God? What will give God the most glory? If that is you, then you are a woke believer. You are alert. You are alive. And God has done a work in you. That is you. And that is who we all want to be. We want to think about these things that Paul talks about here in verse 9 and 10. Now, our third and final point, this is the woke Christian not only shuns evil in their own lives, but they expose evil and deeds of darkness. This is found in verse 11 through 13. Let's read it. Look what he says in 11 through 13. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but, ev but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. There's this misconception that our faith is just this little passive thing. Christians just sit around and they pray and they try to avoid sin and doing evil. But no, my brothers and sisters, your, your Christian faith is much more than that. There are times when we are called to play the passive role. Like Jesus, when Jesus is being led up to Galgotha, Jesus could have called millions of angels down and destroyed all of those Romans. But no, he didn't. He took a passive role. But then there are other times when you see Jesus, he's on the offensive. For example, when he's calling out the hypocrisy of the religious elite. He's not being passive there. He's being on the offensive. And he's, he's active. He's exposing and so your Christian faith is a mix of being passive in certain moments, but it's also a, a, a mix of being active and being on the offensive. Um, there's this song that I like. Um, I heard it 13, 14 years ago. It's, it's by this artist named The Truth. I'm sure Joey knows who he is. Um, and he has this line that sticks with me. He says this. He says, Christ was not a hippie picking lilies with his friend. Jesus was a man's man, so men followed him. And the point that, he, that he's pointing out is that Jesus was not just this passive guy. Jesus was also active. He was on the attack, especially when he looked at a religious hypocrisy in the, in the Jewish system. And so Jesus did not just come here to only live a holy life and avoid sin in his life. But as Paul says here in the text, Jesus also exposed darkness for what it is. So Jesus wasn't just passive. Yes, he lived a perfect, sinful life, but that was not it. Jesus also came, was active, and he would actually expose sin for what it is. And you want proof of that? Just read Matthew chapter 23. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you some snippets of Matthew chapter 23 to show you how Jesus not only shunned sin in his own life, but he actually exposed sin or deeds of darkness, as Paul says here in Ephesians 5. So turn with me to Matthew 23, or if you want, you can just sit and listen. I want to show you how Jesus went on the offensive or on the attack and he actually exposed deeds of darkness. So Matthew chapter 23, this is the section called the woes where Jesus is saying woe and he's calling out the religious hypocrisy, uh, hypocrisy of some of the leaders in Israel. And let me show you how some of this exposure, how Jesus was a man's man or a woman's woman, however you want to say it. Uh, you, you get the point with the phrase there. Let me show you what Jesus says here. Calling out Pharisees. 
He says this, but woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He's calling them out. Because you shut off the kingdom of heaven. This is verse 13 and 23. Because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people. For you do not enter yourselves, nor do you allow those who are going in to enter. So he just flat out calls them hypocrites. And he tells them why. So he's calling out and exposing evil. Then he says in verse 14, Woe to you scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites, because you devour widows' houses, and for pretense you make long prayers, therefore you will receive greater condemnation. Again, Jesus is just on the attack. He's exposing darkness and the religious hypocrisy of some of Israel's leaders. Then he says, uh, woe to you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites because you travel around on sea and land to make one a proselyte and when it becomes one you make him twice as much as the son of hell as you are whoa twice as much as a son of hell as you are it sounds like Jesus is really exposing darkness here he's not being the whole passive Jesus that so many people try to portray him as but no when it comes to darkness and deeds of darkness Jesus is on the attack he is body slamming folks and he said no that's not going to fly here. Let me show you what else he said. I'm just going to skip down a few. Uh, he says, um, Woe to you, I'm going down to 25. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you clean out the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self indulgence. He tells them to clean out the cup inside first. Then he says in 27, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanliness. Jesus is going hard here. He's just calling people out on just their, their wickedness, their unrighteousness. He's just exposing things that they've done. See, Jesus is doing this. Why? Because Jesus is a light. And what happens when light goes to a dark place? What happens when I go into my closet and I cut on the light? I can see all the things that the darkness was trying to hide. I'm exposing things. And that's what Jesus did. And that's what Paul is calling believers to do in Ephesians 5. Go back to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, he says, back in verse 11, do not participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. And the word expose that he used there, do you know that in other places in the scripture, it is translated as rebuke, reprove, convict. And when you're convicting someone, you are convincingly trying to show a person their fault. That's the word for expose. That's why I say as Christians, we are not just these passive little people saying, oh, no, no. When we see unrighteousness, when we see things that are unjust, we expose unrighteousness. We expose injustice. We don't be like the Levite or the priest in the Good Samaritan when, when they seen the man that was hurt, they just walked around him. No, we don't do that. As Christians, we see unrighteousness and we expose it. We go forward. That's what I mean. You are not passive. The woke Christian exposes darkness. They don't just shun sin from their own life, but when they see it, they expose it. So it is not enough for us to just live righteously, but we are also called to expose deeds of darkness. But think about it. What else can you expect from a people who are called to hunger and thirst for righteousness or hunger and thirst for justice, as Jesus says in the Beatitudes? Of course, when we see something unrighteous, we should be bothered by it. We should not just walk around it. Why? Because if we are a believer, we are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. We are hungering and thirsting for justice, as Jesus says in the Beatitudes. So we just can't walk around darkness. No, we expose it for what it is as Jesus exposed the religious hypocrisy for what it is. So that means then this, it means 
Praise God for the Martin Luther King Jr.'s of the world and the woke Christians of the civil rights movement who exposed unjust laws and unjust systems in America. Praise God for them. So then it means praise God for the woke Christians who are organizing neighborhood watch groups in their community, in their community to expose deeds of darkness. It means then praise God for the woke and alert Christians who are organizing uh, groups that help to protect children and expose the dark evil deeds of their abusers and their molesters. Praise God for those Christians. They're not just sitting back passive saying, just don't do wrong. No, they're exposing darkness as Paul says there, right? So praise God for those Christians, those woke Christians who are exposing elderly abuse. Because that's something else that's happening in society. Elders are getting abused. But praise God for those believers and Christian organizations that are out there exposing darkness. Not just only thinking about themselves, but exposing it where they see Praise God for the believers and organizations who are calling out the abuses perpetrated against immigrant farm workers and migrant farm workers and all the abuses that they deal with. Praise God for believers who are doing that. Praise God for the Christians who are exposing the evil deeds of those in the sex trafficking industry, right? They're not just sitting back passive saying, just don't sin. No, they're saying, I see darkness over here. So I'm exposing a light. I'm reproving. I'm convicting. I'm rebuking this evil that I see over here. They're not just sitting back passive. They're woke. They're alert. They're aware of the schemes of the enemy. And so they're shining a light and, and, and re rebuking the evil that they see. Praise God for those people and praise God for the Christians who are exposing the evils of the abortion industry. They're not just sitting back silent saying, just don't do that, don't have sex. And don't. No, they're saying, I see this wrong, so I'm going to expose it for what it is. That's the woke Christian, according to Paul here. They're not sitting back pa passive. As Paul says, they are even exposing the unrighteous things. Why? Because they are light. And what does light do? Light exposes darkness. And that is who you are, my woke brother and sister. I'm talking about biblically woke. You understand who Jesus is. You understand who you, who you are and whose you are. You understand that you have been made alive and you are waiting for Christ's return. But as you wait, you are active. You are active on a battlefield for Jesus. That is the alert Christian. That is the woke Christian. That Christian is not asleep. But that Christian is active and moving. And that is what the apostle was calling these Ephesians to biblical wokeness. To be alert, to be active, waiting for the return of their Lord Jesus Christ. So my question is, church, believers, are you woke? Or are you asleep? Are you awoke to your identity in Christ? Are you awake to, awoke to whose you are? Are you uh, are you? That's just, really, I'm just, are you awake? Do you realize who Jesus is? Are you awake in that you are living righteously? That you're living for the Lord? That you are behaving properly, as Paul would say, as people in the day? Are you living as people of the day, or are you living as people of the night? That's the question. No. Paul says we are children of light, and we behave like people of the day. We live righteously. We are alert, and we are awake. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for waking us up from our slumber. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up from that dead grave and giving us life, giving us purpose, giving us mission, giving us hope, giving us just a newness of identity. Lord, we thank you for that. 
Lord, I pray that as my brothers and sisters go forward today, Lord, will you continue to just minister to them through your word, remind them of their call to be alert and active, to be woke to righteousness, woke to truth, woke to following you, Lord God. Bless them as they go forward, Lord. Remind them of their call, their duty to be active. We look forward to your return, Jesus, when you will bring the kingdom of God in fullness, Lord. We look forward to that day. When the sun arises from on high, will rise on us and take all of our infirmities, our sickness, this sinful flesh. When that will be removed and we will be with you, seeing you as you are, Lord. We look forward to that day and we bless your name. Bless your name, Lord. Amen.